Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone. I'm so happy you're here for another day at Heart Snuggles. Today, I've brought a special guest, and I'd love if you'd introduce yourself. Yes, so thank you for having me. Um, I often go by KP. KP is short for Kailash Pati, um, which is a, a Sanskrit name I was given um, a little while back. Um, so what to say? Well, so I reside currently in Santa Cruz, California. I'm involved with an organization called the Hanuman Fellowship, and the fellowship owns and operates various uh, centers and, and and spaces um, mostly in California, but there is a orphanage in India that's operated as well as a retreat, a yoga and retreat center in um, Salt Springs, Canada. And so I'm here at Pacific Cultural Center, which is again in Santa Cruz. I'm actually gonna be moving soon to Mount Madonna Center, which is sort of the large like kind of mothership of the whole the whole thing. Um, yeah, a bit about myself. I'm born and raised in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, I'm uh, one of eight siblings, so large, large family. Um, went to university in Ottawa, Kansas, and so kind of I'm, uh, you know from the Southwest, Midwest, spent a lot of time there, and then I've been in, in California for about a little over five years now. Um, and in that time, I've really um, dedicated a lot of my time and energy to my practice of, of meditation and, and yoga, as well as study. I'm uh, a 500-hour um, certified yoga teacher in the classical Ashtanga yoga. Um, so yeah, that's just a little, a little ramble about me. I know it's always so hard to summarize yourself in like one minute. So thank you for that. Um, can you tell us the process of your getting your name? Sure. Basically I, um, spent time at the, at Abba Mamadan, there's a Sankat, um, Sankat Mochan Hanuman temple. And up there, there's a couple elders who um, basically were given some materials to uh, that support one in finding like the name. Because basically the idea is that it's based on like your Vedic astrology. And so there are certain like syllables related to different, again, related to that astrology, which I don't understand just to be very frank. Um, but basically, so someone took like my, my name, birthday, the year, location, all of that stuff, and came back and said, oh, this is your name, it's Kalashpati, um, which Kalashpati means uh, Lord or Master of Kailash, which refers to um, Mount Kailash, and this is a, one of um, Shiva's many names, and so I'm named, um, so that's the name I was given, and then pretty much like the day after, I was called KP, and so all of our names often get shortened, and so I usually just go by KP, but that's how I got it, just through elders at the temple that I'm involved in. I'm also part of why I'm moving to Mount Madonna. I'll be just studying and serving at the, the temple complex. That's so amazing. I've never heard of that before. And something I wanna study more is definitely Vedic astrology as well. Um, so how did you enter this world of where you are now? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of different ways I could sort of 
respond to that. On the one hand, like I don't really know. It just kind of seemed to have happened and sort of, you know, continue to unfold and, and ripen in the way that it has. Um, but, you know, going back to my time at university, I had a philosophy professor who was um, really presented a lot of interesting material to us. Um, and it was very, at least for me at the time, was sort of non-traditional that a lot of programs or schools focus a lot on like Western, mostly exclusively like Western philosophy a lot of the time. Um, but he had introduced uh, Ken Wolver's integral theory. And in that class, we talked a little bit about like meditation and stuff like that. And it got me really just literally interested in, in the practice. And, you know, I felt like I was doing a lot to take care of my body. I was studying, so doing a lot to sort of take care of my mind and, and intellect. But, you know, felt like spiritually there was, you know, something I wanted to give more time to that. And so I saw meditation possibly as a, a sort of doorway to do that and so i went to him during his office hours and just said hey i want to learn more about meditation and he said okay and gave me some some tools and and sort of we began to develop a relationship in that context and kind of from that moment you know went home started practicing and from there kind of evolved into again a lot of a lot of meditation practice a lot of reading and studying of various um, philosophies rooted like different spiritual traditions from east and west from know India to Japan to various various schools of thought but definitely got you know um found a lot of resonance and a lot of the sort of um, Indian spiritual traditions and um from there I ended up here at PCC which again is um is rooted in the classical Ashtanga yoga we have our uh our beloved teacher um sort of friend uh, Baba Haridas who came over during the I think the 70s he was born in India um as a yogi there and some young americans then went over to india um because in b ram das is b here now baba hari das is mentioned and so i think through them reading about him they were curious to meet him so they went over there they found him invited him to america until he came and then lived the rest of his life here and taught and and uh, inspired a lot of what's you know we um what we're currently engaged with now um and so then, you know, being here, eventually went to yoga teacher training and sort of studied formally and spent a lot of time, again, just studying and immersed in it, kind of exposed to different teachings. But um, so over the past couple of years, it's been more formal study. And then also, again, a lot of just like personal unfoldment and where I started with a lot of like just sitting meditation these evolved now to incorporating like a lot more like chanting and, and stuff. And so it's definitely been, you know, it's been an adventure and exploration that continues yeah it's never ending I think that's the best part is it's keeps going and at first I was like what like how's there not an end to this but now I'm like wait this is actually the best part <laughs> and yeah also yoga training I've only done 200 hours so I can't even imagine what a 500 hour would be but it's so it's so healing and so beautiful to see like what you can uncover when you do that work and like just learning about the ancient philosophies too is so fascinating um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about chanting for people who may have not experienced that. Yeah, totally. So there's um, a couple of different like forms that this can take. One is uh, what's called japa. That's basically the rep repetition of a name or a mantra. And generally, um, well, it could be again, be the, it's usually a name of God. And so there's, um, you know, in 
just my understanding of the sort of Indian like spiritual landscape, there are many, many deities, I think, you know, actually literally millions. And so there are, there's space for one to find, you know, a deity that resonates um, or to sort of choose the deity that one will worship. And, and then to take on the simple practice of repeating the name of that deity, either out loud or, um, or also, you know, mentally repeating it. And um, often people use like these or sort of mala, which I often have on me. Um, there's also the practice of kirtan, and kirtan is often done in a group where folks sing bhajans, um, sing songs together, often in call and response, where someone repeats a line and the folks will, and the group will um, chant it back. Um, and yeah, and so it's a, again, there's many different levels to it. On the one hand, there's the idea that the name itself. Um, there's like a there's an energy or power in the syllable in the sound and so by chanting the name like one is invoking that energy and so each sound having a unique sort of a unique vibration unique quality in which one can invite in and you know connect with that sort of energy within oneself um and then definitely for myself i chant a lot of the often chant the hanuman chalisa which is uh, 40 verses written by um, Tulsi Das, who was an Indian um, poet and very, very, um, you know, well-known. Um, and that sort of outlines uh, Hanuman's involvement in the um, Ramayana. And, you know, I find that to be very inspirational, um, very inspirational, like, story, just his, what he represents and his involvement there and the symbolism involved as well as just like again getting into the chanting and i play the harmonium along when i chant usually and so you know, getting just the music and getting into that flow but there's a i speak for myself um often when chanting or it's pretty much always when chanting at least my experience at this point there's a lot of heart opening um which a lot of people speak to that sort of open open opening us up to the love that's you know present here which doesn't necessarily solve all our problems, of course, or all our challenges, but, you know, at least, um, you know, we're able to hold some of that from a, a loving space um, and sort of get out. And, and on the one hand, it's also like a great way of getting out of maybe the mental, the mental stuff, you know, reminiscing about stuff or, or worrying about something and um, being able to kind of drop in and just like, just chant, just sing, you know, just feel and just be, just to be here. But yeah, definitely a really wonderful practice. So I would say to anybody who feels a sort of like, you know, or maybe just enjoy singing with folks or just, you know, it feels a sort of devotional inclination. I think it's a, a good practice to, to explore. I agree. I've only experienced like three kirtans, but every time it's rocked my world. It's the power of like, oh, the group together is so healing. And I've always been so afraid to share my voice. So it was really beautiful to just like let that go and to let my voice be heard and um, in the power of community too. It's so amazing. Um, would you be able to offer like a chant, just an example of a chant that someone could try or how they could find one that would resonate sure. with them? Yeah, I think on the... Let's see. Well, on the one hand, I think one could look up, you know, um, 
well, depending on one's like, again, if one's affiliation or involvement with a certain like spiritual tradition, whatever that might look like, um, it could be again, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, just look at like again, the songs that are available to chance and kind of, you know, try out some different ones and see what really resonates and speaks, speaks to you, like find that, you know, that meaning that, that speaks to you. Um, on the other hand, at least for, for me, what resonates with me, I definitely listen to a lot of uh, Krishna Das. And that was kind of my like sort of entry into Kirtan. I know for a lot of folks in the West, that's the, that's the case. Um, so that was one thing for me was just listening to people chant, you know, a lot of just even just in my car as I was driving, listening to stuff and finding again, like certain things resonated and obviously some more than others. Um, so there's that. Um, and then, you know, perhaps something I'd, I'd offer, um, one of the, the chants that I like to, to chant um, is very simply Shri Ram J Ram J J Ram. Shri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. And just, you know, just repeat, you know, repeat that. Repeat the, repeat the mantra, repeat the chant. Um, yeah, but there's so many, again, and, and definitely for me, always important to, wanting folks to begin to explore, again, what resonates with them. And so I know for not everybody is, um, will Hanuman resonate with, but perhaps it's Christ or it's, you know, or someone if they are, um, you know, follow Islam to again find the, the the songs and those chants from you know from your tradition that really again that open you up and speak to you. Thank you so much. I've heard that I've heard that I've done that chant before, uh, and it's I like that one a lot. Can you tell us what um, Hanuman like a basic what Hanuman means to you? Sure. What he represents. Yeah. So. Hanuman, often the uh, the shorter version of the, the symbolism is Hanuman represents like pure devotion, devotion to God. And so in the Ramayana, the sort of symbolism, we have uh, Lord Ram who represents, uh, represents God and then um, Hanuman represents devotion and then Sita, whom they are trying to save, represents the, um, the individual soul, the ego. And so the idea being that, you know, obviously in the story, Hanuman is supporting Ram and saving Sita. So the idea being that sort of like through devotion, you know, we're able to bring together um, the God and the, so the universal and the individual come together through devotion. It's one, one path. And so Hanuman represents that devotion. And he also represents like um, sort of boundless energy and strength. It's very strong. Um, as well as a lot of humility and so Hanuman in the story is kind of it's kind of quite comical actually and he forgets what he's capable of and so it requires someone to remind him of what he can do and he's like, oh yeah I can do that and there's like an example of at one point he like jumps across the ocean and they're trying to figure out how they're gonna get across this ocean um, to get to find Sita and someone just says oh Hanuman you can jump and then he's oh yeah and he just jumps across the ocean um, so he's sort of that, like, you know, kind of humble, um, the humility. Um, there's also another really beautiful, um, beautiful story, I think, speaks to, like, the quality of devotion that Hanuman represents um, or embodies. And that's after, again, I'm not going into the details, but after they save Sita, Sita and Varam are reunited and they go back to the, the kingdom. 
um, Hanuman is given um, by Sita, uh, I believe it's a necklace, some piece of jewelry, and he starts to like sniff it and examine it and starts to like pull it apart and eventually breaks it and like throws it away. And then people are kind of taken aback of how could you behave this way? You know, that Sita just gave you this, you know, this very special gift. And um, he said, well, my, my Lord's name was not on it. So I looked for my Lord's name when it was not there. And, uh, and eventually someone says, well, what about your body? And he invites someone to put their um, ear to his, his heart, to his chest. And they, um, they heard in his heartbeat the repetition of Ram, Ram, Ram. And then there's also a very famous image of him like opening his chest. And there was an image of, image of Lord Ram and often depicted Lord Ram and Sita actually inside his heart. Um, and so that's again, little great, great devotion, often the very simple, but there's different, you know, various, various layers there. The stories that they, I love listening to the stories about each deity. Yeah, there's, like you said, there's so many, so I've only heard a few, but uh, that's such a great reminder. And everyone has that, like, we all have to be reminded of our greatness and that's so many great lessons and just what you just said. So thank you for sharing that. And isn't the splits, Hanuman's pose and like half splits? Yeah, so Hanuman Asana, yeah, is the full split, which I believe, I think is like the, I haven't quite found this, but I think it's related to him like jumping yes. across the ocean and his legs spread. So yeah, that's, which, um, can you do that? Can you do the, get into the Asana? Um, not completely, no, but I'm practicing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that there's uh, so many ways to relate to them, like through the chants, through the poses, through there's so many ways to connect to them. And you, you can also find which way resonates with you in that way, too, once you explore the deities more. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's you know, there's so many, I think it's just in, the, in, you know, spiritually look at various traditions. Um, there's so many. Often our teacher would say so many tricks of the mind, so many ways to engage with various um, practices whether it be chanting whether it be yoga asana or pranayama or meditation or you know read whatever it might be or a form of worship one might take um or use utilize that there's you know so many ways for us to become bring more awareness to to our mind become more aware of our attachments um you know more and more ways to you know drop into the heart and ultimately also just so many ways to you know bring ourselves back to the present moment so it's quite it's quite wonderful that there are such a such a plethora of, of means available to us. I agree, and I and that's different points. I like accessing different things, so that's why I like that there's so much instead of just one one way. So if someone is so new to this and hasn't started, where where do you think they could start or like find resources to begin? Mm -hmm. uh, with chanting and uh, specifically, or just with. Uh, yeah, with chanting or, and also just like this spirituality realm and connecting with self. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I mean, obviously one thing recognizing this looks looks so different for for people. Um, you know, but actually speaking from, at least for myself, you know, I definitely started with, started with sitting meditation, um, but also a big thing for me was like finding someone that I was able to trust in some way sort of helped me kind of navigate that. And um, I know for myself, you know, I, I do feel that 
it can be extremely helpful to have some sort of teacher, some sort of support, support. that could even be a community. Um, but, you know, there's so much available to us. It can be kind of confusing and messy to navigate all of that. Um, if you just look at all the different books, all the different events you could go to, the workshops, how many teachers there are, just in the world of like, of yoga, just how many, you know, those teachers all over the place. Um, and so it's kind of like, hey, where, yeah, where do you start? And it's kind of tricky. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me and my, my, my exploration thus far has been like taking the time to practice something, you know, try something. Um, reading is great. I think that's, a, you know, it can be a great tool. Books are really useful, but like taking the time to actually practice, you know, that could be a simple breathing meditation or a chant, but just like try it. And from there, you know, I think um, at least I have a certain trust that if we're making that effort, then so, you know, things will, you know, our own sort of uh, innate sort of knowing, you know, will become refined and we'll kind of get a sense of like what resonates, what doesn't, and sort of what direction we might move. And um, like I said, and definitely, you know, I think we have that teacher within and also finding, you know, those teachers, those supports that are outside of ourselves as well is, is a great benefit. I, yeah, thank you so much. I, I used to get so caught up in the learning, learning, learning and not practicing. And I was like, why am I not getting results? I learned everything. <laughs> and it's the, the practice is so important, like more to me, more than the learn, like reading about it. And like you said, I love reading as well, but I find that when I'm actually experiencing it within like so much, that's where the real magic is. So that was a really great reminder. Absolutely. And do you offer any services right now? I do. So I teach, um, right now I'm teaching one online meditation class on, um, what to the back to? One on Wednesday evenings at seven through a, a platform called Black Sea Yoga, um, which is can be found online. I'm also through on Instagram. And I do teach uh, privately as well. I have like a small online group um, on Tuesdays at usually around six. We sometimes move the time, but usually around six in the evenings on Tuesdays, teach a small meditation. And my classes um, and always incorporate uh, pranayama, like breath work, as well as, uh, you know, semi-guided meditation. And then for my longer classes, I'll do like, you know, little space for Shavasana at the end. But right now that's, you know, that's it. Um, I'm also getting ready to move in the next couple months. So I haven't been looking to pick up any like commitments until I kind of get settled and kind of figure out what my, my flow is there. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And I do offer um, when people want to like connect privately as well, whenever that's, you know, um, people want to do that. Thank you. And how can people find you? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my username is Zach Allen 108. So Z A C. A-L-A-N-108, you can find me. That's probably the best place to find me. And then from there, yeah, if you're interested to connect, feel free to shoot me a, a direct message. Um, yeah, I'm always happy to support in little ways that I, little ways I can. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your beautiful voice. I hope more people go find you and I'll have to definitely try one of your meditation classes. Sounds good. Well, yeah, Lexi, thank you for having me and appreciate the space to, to share, share with you.